Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Game Makers Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to find out how Ubisoft games are made. I'm Charles Adam Foster Simard. Assassin's Creed is one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchises. It's an action-adventure RPG series, and each game is set in a different historical period. The latest game in the series is called Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it's set in the Viking era. The original soundtrack for Assassin's Creed Valhalla was created by three extraordinary composers and musicians, Jesper Kidd, Sarah Schachner, and Einar Selvik. They composed nearly six hours of music for the game, and all three collaborated on the game's main theme. We wanted to understand a bit more about their process, so in this set of episodes, each composer discusses one track in particular that they wrote for the game. For this episode, I spoke to Jesper Kidd about his beautiful song, Kingdom of Wessex. Jesper Kidd is well known for his work on the soundtrack of the original Assassin's Creed, as well as the three following games in the series, Assassin's Creed II, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Revelations. I wanted to start by asking Jesper how he felt returning to the series nine years later. I have been doing so much different stuff since I worked on the Assassin's Creed franchise and I, I feel like there's so much that I have to contribute now. There's so many things I've learned. I've done a lot of work on film and, and some TV and, and, and you learn so many things when you do all these different types of projects. And, and so I, had, I felt like I had a lot to offer, a lot of new ideas and I'm really excited to you know, could get to bring all these ideas back in the Assassin's Creed world, which I love working on very much. Do you find that your process has changed or evolved at all in that time? Like, are you the are you quite the same composer that you were, or, or have you changed a lot? I think I always uh, I try to always evolve. That's how I look at it, and so. You know, I pick the the project I work on based on whether there's an opportunity to be creatively challenged. Um, which again, to me, you know, is how you evolve as an as a composer. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very much different and and have a very I feel different sound, but I also know very much about what it is that made um, my music, you know, sound like it fits in Assassin's Creed. So you know, yes, it's changed a lot, but I still feel very at home working on Assassin's Creed. And what is it? You cuz you said your your music kind of has a natural fit maybe with the franchise. What is it in your style that that works so well with Assassin's Creed? Well, I, I don't know if I would I would put it like that, but um <laughs> <laughs> but let me uh, 
in answer to your question, what is it that I think fits uh, the, the franchise as far as my music style? I think for open world games, working in atmosphere, it's a huge plus. Um, y- y- you know, you have these vast worlds that you are exploring. And um, I have very much focused uh, a lot of my work on creating exploration music. This is something that I've gone away from lately and I've tried all these and worked in all these other styles, but I feel I have a quite good handle on creating music that encourages you to explore. And um, many of my past projects outside of Assassin's Creed also have, um, you know, gone in that direction. And it, there's just something about, I, I write music in atmosphere, in mood and emotion. And once I have all that, figure it out. Then I start thinking about the themes. Of course, the story is always there as well. But, um, you know, the, the, the mood and the atmosphere comes first for me. And uh, I think that could be perhaps why um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a good fit. Bringing it to, to Valhalla, what kind of mood and atmosphere did you want to create when you started working on, on this project? Well, the first thing I felt when talking to Ubisoft about this, this, this project was how authentic everything felt. Um, there, there's just a real focus on everything being really authentic. And you can you know see from the screenshots that this is something that is clearly a, a big focus Um so that was the first thing I knew uh, uh, authenticity was going to be very important. The second thing is how do we bring in the sound of Assassin's Creed, the sound of things running through the animus as kind of a simulation, you know, reminding the player, filtering the music that they are actually playing in an, you know, in some kind of simulation. The live performances will be you know, filtered and edited and, and, and tweaked in ways that give it a bit like something is a bit off. And, and mm. so, so that authentic thing is, is, is mixed with an electronic side and it becomes this hybrid style. And that's very much what I, um, what I focused on. So it's it's incorporating both the more kind of modern technological elements with the more traditional music style because the game has those two elements as well with the sci-fi element of the animus and the in the historical period that's being represented. Uh, very much so. And and even tracks that sound clearly more electronic um I mean the the music has its foundation and is very grounded in live recordings. That's where mm. everything starts and then I can choose how much do I want to, you know, mess and filter and 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 change and edit these recordings. Uh, you know, how far do I want to take that? So I have the options there to keep it more authentic or take it really far out in a more kind of almost, you know, modern sci-fi-ish uh, direction. And um, that was very important to me that the live performances would be the foundation of this whole sound and this 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 whole world uh, of sound that I'm that I'm creating. 
So instead of, of only using a pre-recorded or, or can sound, that performance element is brings a, a strong dimension. It, it, th- this was the, the, the thing I really needed to realize and figure out. Uh, and in the beginning, when I was experimenting, once I realized you are just not going to be using any pre-recorded sounds or, or sample libraries or these things. You have to create everything from scratch. That's when I decided to acquire all these instruments. Uh, a lot of them are like ancient instruments, like the Tagel Harbor and uh, the Cross is is a popular uh, instrument back then in England. Um, Lura, uh, Rebecca, uh, all these unusual string-based instrument was a really good fit for Viking world. Um, and so once I acquired these, I was like, well, how do you compose for these? So I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have thought of that, right? But anyway, no, this is my process. So that's the first step. So, so I had all these instruments and, and my studio is full of instruments now. I then started playing the instruments so I could figure out, okay, you know, this is how you compose for them. And by the time I started playing these instruments, I decided I'm going to perform these instruments myself. Um, mm. So so that was really an interesting process for me. Like suddenly I found myself performing all these instruments that I had never performed before. I also perform a lot on the cello, which I specifically mangle a lot. And, and, you know, because you can get something a bit more expressive out of the cello than some of these uh, more limited instruments. So there was a whole bunch of, of, of instruments I started playing and um, I started creating all this music. And like I said before, everything is grounded in live performance, percussion as well. Um, so that, that was very much the perspective I had on the score. Do you remember what brief you got or, or did you get anything from the team in, in terms of a cue or a brief for this specific song? The brief was really, you know, we have the area of, of Wessex, which which I was assigned, you know, we, we were assigned different areas, uh, Sarah and I. And so I was assigned uh, Wessex, uh, East Anglia, North Umbria uh, and Norway. And so, of course, I was thinking about how to to create something that would be, you know, different for each area. And um, for, for Wessex, I very much wanted like a theme to go through that we could bring back if we needed to. And and that was really the, the, the main perspective uh, on that track. And of course, it needs to fit the location as well. We're in England, but we're still a Viking in England. So I never let go, you know, I never let fully go of the whole Viking um, feeling because I, mm. I wanted it to feel like you were a Viking in England. I didn't want to say we're in, we're, in, we're in England. Let's do everything that surrounds that kind of music style. Um, so, so that was my thoughts behind that. And I'm also really interesting in, in, in mythology and, and, you know, setting a really deeply mysterious mood uh, and, and, and that kind of tells you there is something here for you to, you know, to play. You just haven't uncovered it yet, uh, but I'm going to keep encouraging you to look for it and enjoy yourself. Uh, and that was very much, the, I think, the feel I was going for. And then the instrumentation 
um, is, is, is more on the English side. It's one of the few tracks that actually has guitars, acoustic guitar in it. And then it has the vocals in there as well to, you know, it's kind of like the yin and yang, you know, it has the male vocals and it has the female vocals and they're kind of, you know, going back and forth playing with each other almost. And that, that was a really, um, I think a, a good choice because you, you can play the game as a male character or a female character. Um, so, so that felt like, uh, that, that, that felt pretty good to, to have those two, um, opposites in there as well. I mean, I know that you're uh, from Denmark originally, and so I have to ask, what was the inspiration in terms of recreating this um, this Viking world for Valhalla? Did you find something particularly inspiring in your your own heritage or in what you knew of Viking culture or the, the research that you did? Yeah, being from Denmark, I definitely grew up in a way where Vikings are taught, Viking history is taught in school. And I was quite aware of, of a lot of the the Viking stories and the like the Viking gods and the the very complex afterlife they have and all these incredible things i did do more research um and found some very interesting things that i started really holding on to um one of the things i i I found was that there was a lot of turmoil for three decades and then you know with these uh, at the time farmers and at some point they had enough and they emerged as these warriors that were suddenly they were more focused on war and and this is one of the ideas and theories about where you know Ragnarok came from because they went through these horrific uh natural disasters uh, that wiped out large parts of the population and it was so interesting to see that that there was like a motivation and there there was something that happened that kind of it looks like change them. Mm. Um, you know, going with some of these things gives you a, a insight into just think of the, thinking of them as mindless warriors just wasn't going to give me the depth that I needed to write this, this score. And a lot of the music is not dark or driving or full of pulses like you would expect Viking music to be, uh, you know, <laughs> especially when we think about it these days. A lot of the music needed to be like you're in an open world and you haven't engaged in a mission yet. You're just exploring, you know. So some of the first music I wrote was definitely deemed much too dark, and and I was like, oh, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> That's the feedback that you got from the from the team. <laughs> yes, some of the first music was too dark for sure. Uh, I mean, there was definitely moments when dark is the the, the proper fit. Um, but I needed to figure out how to create a lot of music that that had more of a, you know, I don't know. It, it was more inspired by the everyday life and, and also by the, the spirituality uh, these people felt at the time. They were very uh, spiritual and their belief system was everything, you know, and, and tapping into the afterlife and, and all these things was uh, a huge inspiration for the music.
So you mentioned this uh, kind of tension, and I guess there's sort of a meeting of cultures in the game, of course, between the, the Viking that you play and and uh, England, where where you're going as a, as a character, um, and how you're trying to combine that in the music. So you mentioned the guitar as a more English, I guess, element. Um, what are the other elements that are kind of more English in this song, and where where are the Viking uh, or the more Norse culture elements in the song? Well, it also has, uh, it, there's harps in there as well. Um, I mean, the vocal is a really strong part of that track. Uh, I have it playing quite exposed in places mm-hmm. with lots of processed layers and layers of vocals. I think the Viking sound to me is definitely, you know, there's, of course, you have the two different characters, but I, but the, 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 the male vocal goes for me a bit more on the Viking side and the female vocals goes a bit more on the Celtic side. That's, Mm. you know, one way of feeling it. But then when I was writing it, I was like, well, this is really cool also because you can play a male and female character. So this feels really good to go in that direction. Who's singing in this song? Where did you get these vocal tracks from? That's uh, Melissa Kaplan in there, um, and she was the the girl who sung uh, Ezio's family on Assassin's Creed 2, and she worked with me on vocals for Assassin's Creed uh, 1, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, uh, and Assassin's Creed Revelations. So she's been with me all the way uh, in this Assassin's Creed uh, journey, and I was definitely gonna have her come back oh and and uh well i want to know more about recording melissa first of all <laughs> so what uh were you able to record her remotely um or or was this done before before the lockdowns of 2020 i recorded her remotely um and i had given her a very detailed uh sketch of, of what i was looking for and we have these long conversations about um uh, the feelings that I'm looking for in the performance and knowing Melissa so well since I've worked with her for a while now, especially on the Assassin's Creed music, I know that, you know, for example, with Kingdom of Wessex, those vocals were written for her. I, I know how it's going to sound and I know what I'm looking for. And then, in, uh, you know, on top of that, we talk about, is there anything else that we can bring out that I, that I don't have in there yet? Um, but so, but it was a uh, working remotely. Um, you know, it it is what it is. I feel like the the more detailed of a plan you have when you work remotely, it tends to go better. When you're in person, you you have a there's like a chemistry that flows, which is is, is obviously very different. So, and is she singing words or is it just notes that you wrote for her? She's not singing words. It's very abstract, uh, and I really wanted it that way. Um, it added to the mystery of, of that track. I didn't feel like it needed a Viking vocal performance. I did wanted it to, to live in its own world, you know? Yeah. No, but it's cool because just even though it's it's notes, uh, it, it feels like there's meaning behind them somehow. To me, anyway, when I'm when I'm listening to it, like it, it feels like she is saying something, right? Um, even though there is no words behind it, and and it's interesting when you do uh, when you do it that way because different people will definitely hear different things when they listen to that music. Mm-hmm. You 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 mentioned mystery a lot for this song. Is that the main emotion that you were trying to communicate on this track, or or was there something else beside that? Well, I think I'm trying to communicate that there's a there's a huge world waiting here for you, um, waiting to be explored, and uh, you know, 
just dig in and and have fun with it um there is other music when you are on 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 missions and 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 in darker uh, environments there's music for nighttime for example which takes a different perspective um but for this one i very much wanted it to be um a track that that didn't have this impending doom <laughs> but has like you know the opposite right well it has quite of a quite a fast-paced rhythm in the background right maybe with it's that guitar that's kind of bringing it that that faster pace yes it has like a, a quite a monotone guitar riff in there which we uh, work quite hard on to get right and it's it's something where i would write it and it was written as a demo and i would send it to my guitarist, Dan Sistos, and he would work on it and send it back and he would do a couple of variations that perhaps I hadn't quite, you know, since he's so fast on the guitar, he was like, well, let's try this, this, you know, and then it comes back with some minor variations and it might send you uh, your creativity flying again when you when you hear that. And so when I got the guitar back into the track, I decided to basically rewrite the guitar part and then i sent it all to him again and then he played it like it was uh in my mm. um so it, it's it's really cool when you have these back and forth that's a really great way to just discover things and move forward and and again dan sisters um he has worked on uh, prior assassin's creed scores with me as well especially uh his sound is 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 a is a part of um the Brotherhood score as well. So a regular, a regular partner. <laughs> yes, he is a flamingo guitarist, and I love. Oh, cha- wow. Yeah, I love challenging him. I try to do this with the, you know, the solo performers I I work with. You put them in a space where they are not. I don't want to say that comfort zone, but perhaps it's the best way to put it. You know, and then you you try to see what happens, and I I think that's a really interesting. Uh, you know, you want to challenge yourself, but you also want to challenge the people you work with. What's in there are a lot of live performances layered um, in, mm. in in ways where it gives you this this kind of um, the wall of sound. And then I do everything I can to bring that as much back as I can. So there's only things left in there that absolutely is vital to the track. And so when you remove all that stuff, what's left in there, it's quite hard to define. <laughs> and um, I think that's a big part of that track and and most of my music actually really but especially in that track there's a lot in there that fills up the track that you can't quite put your hand on what is it and that is another thing i do is i run things through all kinds of processors here Mm -hmm. for example i have like a um, spring tower which is like four or five feet tall and it's just this giant wooden box from the 1960s uh, that creates reverb acoustically. Oh, so you're playing it in your studio acoustically inside this box? So uh, it does have electronic inputs and output. Okay. But once it goes into the unit, it has a, a, a it's like a tube in there that reverberates. So things inside the tube are reverberating and then it records that and it sends it out so the actual reverb creation is not done by a microchip you know which is what 
normally happens. It's actually this is the early days of reverb, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's actually done with a real spring. There's like a spring inside a tube, and when that spring, metal spring, starts to vibrate, it creates reverb that are then recorded. And so this is a really big example of that kind of process. So, for example, I run things through that thing, and it comes out, and you're like, oh, I don't know how this sounds not so great, but then when you combine it with other stuff, it gives you, um, it, it puts some kind of DNA in the music that when you take it out, you clearly miss it. Hmm. But when you put it in, it sounds really funky, you know? <laughs> and it's it's not meant to be listened to on its own, you know? But it's part of the sauce. So you put it in there and suddenly it adds something. And and I do a lot of that. So there's a lot of – it's one way I create so much atmosphere in my track is to include all this invisible sauce, <laughs> you know, that I put in there. <laughs> yeah. Like it's layering the kind of the sound, right? In, in, uh, right. Yeah. And it gives something to the track that you just – you can't really define. I am a big fan of 1970s and – mostly 70s actually technology because there's so much – hi-fi and that sound you know it just brings something totally different from what you can buy today i feel if you'll be able to answer this question but um i always wonder because you're so you're talking about this process well you're of removing but also of adding these these layers to the track but when do you know when it's finished like when do you know that it feels complete and it has enough and not too much yeah i never really had a problem with finishing music when the track feels right to me then it's done and if there's anything in the track that i can't think of how to improve then it's done. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you overwork a track and the magic starts to disappear. And that's when, you know, you have to know within yourself, how far am I going to go with this? And, and you can work on a track and work on it and work on it and work on it. But at some point, you're nitpicking all that great stuff in there is suddenly like super clear and and super tight and suddenly that magical element is just slowly being removed you know so yeah, i like the music to sound a bit spontaneous a bit like it happened as some kind of a giant jam session that's a good feeling uh, and especially for valhalla where everything has to sound organic you know it's a strength to make it sound like that for a game like uh, Valhalla, I feel, because then it sounds like a bunch of Vikings just came by, you know, <laughs> and decided to pick up an instrument. Like for this kind of culture, you don't want it to sound too polished or too edited, right? Exactly. It needs to have some of that raw rawness in there that we just know these people lift a much more intense lifestyle. And, and, and that does remind me, I mean, some of these live recordings are recorded with a lot of air. So it does sound like I was going for some kind of feeling where it almost sounds like you're outside because there's so much air in the recording. So there's different te techniques I'm using. Uh, so much of the game is outside 
And I felt that is how do we add something really authentic when we're outside like this? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you don't want it to sound like a inside a recording studio. <laughs> exactly. It's like you know when you watch a movie, uh, right, about like knights or something, and it's supposed to take place hundreds of years ago, and you see a guy on a horse, right, and he has a trumpet, and he's like playing out some kind of call to the to the group, you know, to the soldiers to attack. But it sounds like this trumpet played at Abbey Road, and you're like, what is going on here, right? I mean. It would just work better if you go and have a guy who is kind of not awesome at playing the trumpet and go outside and record it somewhere and then put it on that scene. You know, suddenly the immersion is more. And for a game like this, when you play for maybe even hundreds of hours, that immersion it becomes so key and, and it helps the game feel so much more realistic. Kingdom of Wessex on the Assassin's Creed Valhalla original game soundtrack published by Ubisoft Music and Lakeshore Records. I'm Charles Adam Foster Samard from Ubisoft. This episode of Game Makers was edited by Manu Bachet. Special thanks to our friends at Ubisoft Music, Simon Landry and Anne Langourieux, and to Assassin's Creed Valhalla's audio director, Aldo Sampeo. Remember to subscribe to Game Makers and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.